somebody high five and tell them there's power in the name of Jesus today. And then you can be seated. Thank you, Michael. Yo, 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 it's so good to be here with y'all today. Glad you're here. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Can I hear a good amen? amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we get started, um, I'll just tell you we're in our second week in our series. We were talking about... We're talking about worship. We're talking about worshiping God, praising God, and, and the power of worship. And so um, my, today, my goal is this, to change your mind about praise and worship. To change your mind about singing when we come together uh, here and singing and worshiping God throughout the week. And so before we get started, I got a question for you. Are you up for a good question? Can I hear a good amen? How many of you love church? And, and, and yeah, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not so much just talking about church at Bethel. I'm just talking about church in general. Like, I, I love church, man. I really do. I love coming together, and I love like believers, and I love people that are honest, and they're real, and they're transparent, and they're not holier than thou, and they're not playing some religious game. They just come to church because they know that they need some help throughout the week to be all that God has called them to be. Some people that lay it all out there and go, I need to worship God. I need to spend time hearing the Word of God. I love church. Can I tell you, church changed my life. I grew up in, in, in church, and it really wasn't real passionate, and it really wasn't real exciting. But, 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 but I, I met this little blonde-headed fiddle-playing chick, you know, and she started taking me to these spirit-filled churches, man, and they were excited, and they clapped their hands, man, and they raised their hands, and they shouted amen to the preacher, and they had a, a little bit of passion. And I'm telling you, my life was changed in a spirit-filled Bible-teaching church. It changed my life forever. I believe that the local church is the hope of the world. Can I just tell you that? If you've been following me much and come to church here, you know how much I believe in the local church. I don't believe it's the Republicans that are going to save our country. I don't believe that it's the Democrats that are going to save our country. I don't believe that if we quit spending money, it's going to save our country. What I believe is going to change our country is when the local church in Anson gets set on fire for God and starts sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And when the local church in Stanford and the local church in Throckmorton and the local church in Aspermont and the local church in Abilene and the local church in Tuscola, when the church gets set on fire and the husbands and the wives and the moms and the dads start raising their kids and living their life according to the word of God that is what's going to change our world I love the church the church is the hope of the world Jesus died for the church I think about church there's so many things I love about church I love preaching to you knuckleheads come on somebody because you need to be preached to come on now I love preaching I remember the first time that I started going to church and the preacher preached with passion and, and I'm not I mean, I remember growing up to the preacher that stood behind the lectern and he wore a suit and a tie and he gave me a very intellectual three-point sermon that he tried to hurry and get through before 12 o'clock because back then the Dallas Cowboys were good and everybody wanted to get out of church and go watch the Cowboys win. Tom Landry and Roger Starback, can I get a witness? He preached a sermon, his heart was right, but it just didn't move me, you know what I mean? And I remember the first time I went and the guy was passionately preaching the Word of God, talking about things that would help me overcome my temper, talking about things that would help me be faithful. Preaching in church changed my life. I love praying. When I grew up in church, the only time we prayed 
was over the offering and at the end of the service. I started going to church with Jennifer. I had never seen anybody pray for sick people before. I had never seen anybody pray for deliverance, and they were praying with passion. They were laying hands on according to James 5. They were claiming and believing and trusting the power in prayer. I love the preaching. I love the praying. I love the friendships that are built in church. Come on, y'all. Don't ever take that for granted. Don't ever take for granted the friendships you have. The greatest friendships in the world are the ones that are centered around Christ Jesus. Can I preach to y'all this morning? Because your, your relationships around Christ, they're eternal. Some of you have relationships with people because you have kids the same age. And you play sports together, but when your kids graduate and move off, you don't hang around with them much anymore. You know, some of you have friendships around rodeo, and when you get old and quit rodeoing, you don't hang around stock showing this and that. But your relationships around Christ, they're forever, y'all. Not just on this earth and not just for a season, but they're relationships that last eternity in heaven. I love the preaching. I love the praying. I love the fellowship. And you know what else I love in church? I love the music in church. I love them. Like, music is so, so powerful. You probably didn't know this about me, but I am a connoisseur of music, y'all. That's why I married Tubby, because she can play the fiddle. Come on, somebody. I love music. I really, I really do. My kids, they were laughing one time, and they said, somebody asked us, hey, what kind of music does your dad listen to? And they're like, all of it. Like, from one end to the other, like, I love me some Charlie Daniels band. Come on, y'all. The devil went down to Georgia looking for a soul to steal because he was in a bind. He was way behind. He was willing to make a deal. And the devil jumped on Hickory Stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I mean, I like, I love some southern rock, a little bit of fiddle. And, and I love some Bob Wills. Me and Tubby, we can cut a rug. Y'all know what I'm talking about. San Antonio Rose, Faded Love. Come on, y'all, four or five times. But, but I also like me some ZZ Top. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, I do. I like Jay Cooker, Charlie Crockett. I even like me some cool in the gang. I like a little Motown, y'all. Play that funky music, white boy. I love Merle Haggard. I love Tina Turner. I love me some Stevie Ray Vaughan. I love music. Music is such a powerful thing. Music touches our soul. Music touches our heart. Did you know that music is, is used in, in, in healing, for healing in hospitals and in nursing homes? Many times there have been people that I know that are laying in the hospital with a bad diagnosis and they're playing praise and worship music and they're playing music that's familiar to them. They use music as therapy in nursing homes for Alzheimer's patients who can't remember their spouse of 50 years. They don't remember their name, but you put some earplugs in their ears and play some songs from back in their time and they'll go to singing it and remembering all the words. Music touches our soul. I love music, but over the last 22 years, I I'll tell you, I have learned to love, and my favorite music is praise and worship music. Worship, or music that glorifies God, like I love. And I know, I'm just saying this again today, but I'm telling you, we are blessed. Like, my favorite praise and worship music is Bethel Assembly from Manson, Texas. Come on, somebody. There ain't nothing like it. I love it. It, bl it blesses me, man, that it's Connor and how Connor is here and he and I are together and it's only a God thing that we're here together and it's all worked like I love, I love worship music. I love Hillsong. I love We the Kingdom. I love Stephen McQuarter. I love Rend Collective. I love Indiana Bible College. I love all different kinds of praise and worship music. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow one time said this, music is the universal language of mankind. It's the universal language of mankind. It touches and reaches so, men, so broad of a spectrum. 
So I tell you that I love music, but I want to tell you for, for today, let me tell you who else loves praise and worship music. Like, I love it, but you know who else loves it? God the Father. God the Father. The Father, Yahweh, Israel, God, the Creator, the Almighty God, the one who is above all. He loves praise and worship music. And so I'm going to just give you one scripture out of the book of Revelation to let you know what's going on in heaven right now. To let you know what's going on in heaven today and what will go on in heaven throughout all eternity. Revelation 5, 8 through 10. And when they had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, before Jesus. Each one had a harp. Let me stop right there and just say this. For all of the denominations out there and all the people out there that go, I just can't believe that they're playing those instruments to glorify God. You're not supposed to play any kind of instruments at all. Can I tell you, there will be instruments in the praise and worship band in heaven. Come on, somebody. That's the word of God. That's not doctrine. And that's not man's doctrine. So, 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 so each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. Look at me. Look, 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 look. When you get to heaven, we're going to sing new songs. And some of you are going to be mad about it. Because it ain't out of the Broadman hymnal, and it ain't by God amazing grace. They had instruments, and they were singing new songs. And they said, you are worthy to Jesus. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. The scene that is playing out in heaven this very morning and this very day is people from every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation, red, yellow, black, and white, Baptist, Methodist, Church of Christ, assemblies of God, they are gathered around the throne and they are worshiping with a loud voice the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. God gets to choose what we do throughout all eternity. And worship is so important to God that he says that's what we're going to do forever. As much as God loves worship, I want you to hear me on this, look, 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 look. As much as God loves worship, the devil hates it just as much. The enemy hates worship. The reason that Satan was cast out of heaven is because he wanted people to worship him. He wanted everyone in heaven to worship him, and God said, no, 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 and so God cast him out of heaven. So when you and I choose to worship God, in spite of our feelings, in spite of our circumstances, when we choose to praise and to worship God, it aggravates the devil. It aggravates the devil. I want us to talk about worship. Let's define what worship means. Because over the years they say, oh, this is worship music. Oh, this is praise music. Oh, this is the way it should be. That's each denomination, each style. Can I just tell you something? The devil does not have the market on any kind of music. Praise and worship music can be, are you ready for this? Rap music. Praise and worship, yeah, praise and worship can be a hip-hop beat. Praise and worship can be a country beat. Praise and worship can be out of the Broadman hymnal. Praise and worship can be just a cappella without any music. Praise and worship music is any type of music that focuses on, exalts, or glorifies God the Father in heaven. Now you say to us all the time, well, they're just playing that old honky-tonk music over there, that gal up there playing that fiddle. That ought to be in a bar, not in the church. Well, give me a break. Who are you, Mr. Self-Righteous So-and-So, to decide what kind of music God likes? God likes it all as long as we're exalting and glorifying Him. Praise and worship. In two weeks, 
I will have been the pastor at Bethel Assembly for 22 years. That is so crazy. It blows me away. And, but I, and the reason I tell you that is this. Over 22 years, we've had some battles. And some of y'all been with me through all the battles. We've battled financial battles. We've battled uh, facility battles. We've battled battles from within the community. We've fought so many things. Can I tell you, without a doubt, do you know what the enemy has fought the very most in the past 22 years? Our praise and worship. From day one, he fought it. From day one, there was division. From day one, there was a struggle. There was a fight. People didn't show up to worship. We're not going to worship. What kind of style are we going to worship? Are we traditional? Are we contemporary? Are we going to do this? The enemy has fought. Do you know I counted up in 22 years, we've had 10 worship pastors. Over and over and over again, the enemy fights it so hard because the enemy knows the power of praise and worship. Martin Luther, the great theologian, the great reformist, said this, the devil, the originator of anxiety and trouble, he flees before the sound of music almost as much as before the word of God. Music is a gift and a grace of God, not an invention of man. Thus, it drives out the devil and it makes people cheerful. There is power in praise and worship. Can I hear a good amen? There's power. Worship is a weapon, and that's what I hope and I pray to help you to see today and to develop a new mindset that, that, that worship and praise, it, it, it is a weapon, y'all, and that it is warfare, and it does something in the spiritual realm that can bring victory to God's people. I'm going to read you some scripture today. Scripture is an Old Testament story. It's found in 2 Chronicles. Um, Judah, Israel, God's chosen people, they're about to fight this battle. There are three armies that are coming against Israel, against God's people. It's three armies to one. It's three nations to one. They're at a tough time. They feel like they have no power. They feel like the odds are stacked against them. They feel like they're about to be defeated. And I want you to see what God speaks to them. I want you to see how this plays out in their life and how it can apply to you and I. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Our, oh, our God, will you not judge the enemy? For we are powerless before this great multitude. Have you ever felt like you were powerless against the thing that you're facing? Come on, somebody. God's chosen people said we're powerless against this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. Like, we don't even know, we don't even know what to do. We don't even know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Look at me. Look, 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 look. The first step of true worship, worship in spirit and in truth. The true step of becoming a child of God is this, no matter what the enemy looks like, no matter how big the obstacles are, no matter how big the opposing forces are, God, I want you to know today, my eyes are not on the things of this world, but my eyes are on you. They said the odds are stacked against us, but we're keeping our eyes on you, Lord. Oh, our God. Oh. Uh-oh, William, help me out back there. We're locked down, y'all. Like the devil don't want you to hear this message. I'm just saying. Let me read it to you. Tell me if you get it. Okay, there you go. Nope, other way. Ultra loud. What the heck? We are totally locked down. Technology, y'all. Is that the one? Help me out here. I need 15, 2015. There we go. 
And he said, so they cry out to God. They said, we're scared, stacked against us, but our eyes are on you. And he said, listen, all Judea and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but the battle belongs to God. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out and face this enemy. Go out and face them, for the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat, the king, bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judea and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, and they were worshiping God. The Levites, who we'll talk more about in a minute, from the sons of Kohathites and of the sons of Korahites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. They rose up early in the morning, and they went out to the wilderness to Tekoa, and when they went out, to Je when they went out Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, y'all. O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, put your trust in the Lord. Your God and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When they had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord. That's the Levites who were in charge of worship. He appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in their holy attire as they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. When they began singing and praising God, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Zir, the three nations coming against Israel, who had come against Judah when they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And, and when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. And when God's people came to the lookout of the wilderness, they looked at the battlefield towards the multitude, and behold, there were corpses lying on the ground, and no one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things for which they took to themselves more than they could carry, and they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. <laughs> wow. Did y'all get that? Do you see what happened? Let me break it down for you. God's army is battling, about to battle three other nations and three other armies. And they say, we're powerless. We do not know what to do. That, that here's the thing, though. God said to, to, to Jehoshaphat, their leader, Jehoshaphat, we're going to do things a little different this time. How many of you know? You thank God for a leader that listens to the voice of God. Come on, somebody. We need leaders in our country that listen to the voice of God. We need fathers and leaders in our homes that listen to the voice of God. We need leaders in our churches that consult with God and listen to God and will be obedient to God. It's a day they're about to battle. They're waking up in the morning. They're about to go do battle. And Jehoshaphat goes, stop, y'all. We're fitting to do this a little different. Now, can you imagine with me, these men of Israel, they are warriors. They have fought many battles. They got their swords. They got their shields. They got their breastplates on. They got their helmets on. They are ready to do battle. Hundreds and thousands of men coming to the battlefield ready to fight and give everything they got. And Jehoshaphat says, stop, y'all. We're going to do this a little different today. We're going to do it a little different. Jeho Jehoshaphat said, I have talked to the Lord. 
And he goes, I want the praise and worship team to come to the front of the armies today. I want the Levites. The Levites are in charge of guarding the worship of God. The Levites are in charge of praise and worship. I want them to come from the rear guard and come to the front. This does not make any sense in the eyes of anyone. But I want you to wait a minute. I want to tell you about the Levites. In the Old Testament, there were 12 tribes of Israel. The Levites were one of those tribes. They were descendants of Levi. You need to know that these Levites, that they're priests. They're not just priests. They are warrior priests. You need to know that, the, that Levi was a man of aggression. You need to know that Levi was a warrior, that Levi was known for his violence. And so this tribe of Levites, they're not a bunch of sissy men. They are men that want to fight. They are men that have a little bit of testosterone. These are men that have some cojones that know what it's like to go to the battlefield. And they go out there, and they're about to praise, and they're about to worship God. Here's what I want you to see. Do you think that these Levites, these men of God, went to the front of the battlefield? There's three times the army that they're about to battle, and one of them. Do you think that they went to the front, and they were singing soft, sweet, feminine little worship songs that day? They're warriors. They're known for their violence. They are manly men. See, here's the problem with praise and worship. We have feminized praise and worship in the American church today. We sing these songs about giving Jesus a sloppy, wet kiss. There is no man that I know that wants to sing any song about giving any other dude a sloppy, wet kiss. We sing these songs in church and we go, intimacy, Jesus, I just want to be intimate with you. No man wants to be intimate with another man. We sing these songs, I just want to sit at your feet and drink from the cup in your hand, oh God. Let me tell you, these Levites, they did not drink coffee with almond milk and they did not wear skinny jeans and they did not sing songs about giving Jesus a kiss. These men were men of God, they were warriors, they knew the power of their God and when they went to the front of that battle that day, they sang some songs with some fire and vinegar, trusting that it would bring the almighty power of God and you and I have got to change our idea of what praise and worship really is it's not just something to entertain you when you come to church <laughs> can I preach to y'all it's not something just to entertain y'all it's not just something for you to watch it's not just something for you to critique these people are not professionals these people are worshipers of God it is a place that should come in and cause you to want to worship God as well no matter what kind of song no matter what kind of style it should inspire us to worship God with energy and passion because that's what moves the hand of God the Levites come out there violently worship God and God does something in the spiritual realm that nobody can see and the enemy army turns on each other and two of them against one and they kill one and then the final two they destroy and they kill each other see here's what you need to know back in biblical times when there was a huge battle the victor the one that, that got the victory in the battle they got the spoils of the army that had been defeated that means that the enemy that had been defeated, they had gold in their pockets. They had $100 bills in their billfold. They had swords and shields. And when you, they were killed, the victor got the spoils. So God's army, 
got to go now and they got to get all the goods and all the valuable things and all the clothes from the enemy. It, God blessed them so much that it took them three days to pack everything away from there. Wow, y'all, I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down. They chose to worship God, not because they could fight, not because they could quote the most scripture, not because they could pray the longest, not because they had been in church longer, not because they belonged to a particular denomination. God's people chose to worship God, and in that worship, God moved on their behalf, and he gave them victory, and he also gave them provisions that took three days to take away. <laughs> I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down today. Our perspective on praise and worship will change everything in our life. There are battles that you and I got to fight. There are some battles that you and I got to fight. There are some battles that you and I got to pray through. There are some battles that you and I have to learn to sacrifice and to fast. There are some battles, but there are some battles where you just go, Lord, I'm going to stand still, and I'm going to see the salvation of God, and I'm going to lift up my hands, and I'm going to worship you with everything I've got, and in that moment, God will bring victory to your life. Worship is powerful. Worship brings the power of God. Worship is a weapon. Worship drives back darkness. Worship is warfare. Worship will bring victory to our camp. Worship is pleasing to God. Worship moves the hand of God. Worship is a catalyst. A catalyst is something that causes an accelerated reaction, something that causes increased activity or energy, something that is a stimulant. If you and I will learn to worship God in spirit and truth, in spite of all of our circumstances, in spite of everything that's going wrong, it will cause the activity of God to be stimulated in our lives. But we have to learn that. I want to read you one last scripture. And I'm going to be done because worship, I want you to see in this scripture how much God loves worship and how much worship can change the outcome of our situations. Last scripture. There's this woman. Help me out, Will. It won't work. Matthew 15, 21. Jesus left Galilee. He went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon and a Gentile woman. You need to understand. Look at me right quick. Jesus is a Jew. Jesus is king of the Jews. There's a separation in the Old Testament of Jews and Gentiles. The Jews are God's chosen people. The Gentiles are not considered to be clean. They're not quite as good. They're not in the same class as the Jews. Jesus came to save the Jews. But a Gentile woman who lived there in Cyre and Tidon, she came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, Lord. Son of David, she comes to him and she goes, For my daughter is possessed by a demon. And that demon torments her severely. This mom comes, says, Lord, help us. I know you're a Jew. I know I'm a Gentile. I know we're not supposed to be communicating and commingling, but I need your help. It's my daughter. My daughter's possessed by a demon. But Jesus gave her no reply. Not even a word. I want you to see this. Jesus ignored her. Jesus ignored her. Didn't say a word. Just ignored her. Played like she wasn't there. And then his disciples, they urged him, send her away. Tell her to, to go away. She's bothering us with her begging. Imagine this woman. She comes to Jesus, this guy. She's been hearing about the great miracles that he's done. She's been following his ministry. She says, help me. My daughter's possessed by a demon. He ignores her. The disciples go, Lord, get rid of this woman. She's driving us crazy. I wonder how many of us have got mad and ticked off at God because God didn't answer our prayers immediately. 
because we felt like God was ignoring us. I wonder how many times things didn't go our way. So, and so we just, God ignores her. And the disciples go get rid of her. But she does not give up. She does not give up. She, get her, send her away with all of her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, Lady, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel, the Jews. But she kept on. She goes, but she came and she worshipped him. Pleading again, Lord, please help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. And she replied, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath the master's table. And he said, dear woman, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. What I want you to see is this. God has a soft spot for people that will worship him. No matter the circumstance. Jesus ignored her. The disciples said, get rid of her. She could have easily got angry and walked away, but she said, no, no, no. I've heard about you. I know who you are, and I know what you're capable of. And you are God, and you're the Redeemer, and I will fall down and worship you whether you say yes or whether you say no. I will fall down and worship you whether you ignore me or whether you talk to me. I will fall down and worship you whether it offends the people around you. You are God, and you are God alone. My eyes are on you, and I will worship you. And she, God would not move, and after she worshiped him, God God moved and God healed her daughter because she chose to worship. Conrad and worship team, come help me close. I wonder what you and I are missing out on in our lives because we won't humble ourselves and fall down before God and worship him in spite of our circumstances. Worship is powerful, y'all. Worship changes things in whom we can get a new perspective and a new attitude on worship. It'll change everything. It's warfare. Today, what we're going to do in closing is we're going to celebrate one of the greatest acts of worship that I believe there ever was. We're going to celebrate communion today. Communion has this correlation to it because it reminds us of what God did for us. I need you to look at me for a minute. I'm not quite done. Armies of Israel said we are powerless before our enemies. We don't even know what to do. And God said, stand still and see the salvation of God. Can I tell you, look at me. Look, look, look. You and I were powerless to defeat the sin that had ruined our life. We were powerless. We could not forgive ourselves. We couldn't do enough right things to make us righteous in the eyes of God. But God said, if you'll worship me, I'll make a way where there is no way. And God gave you and me victory over our sin and over our past. And God made us new in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you, that's something to worship God for. That's something to worship God for. We stood still and believed God. And he moved and he changed our life forever. Promised us eternal life. So today we're going to celebrate communion. Jesus said this do in remembrance of me. I want you to remember today. God won a battle for you. Won your eternal salvation. He won your forgiveness. You were powerless. But God gave it to us. That's the grace of God. And in that moment if we can focus on that. 
I'm going to tell you what, that'll give you just a little bit of a warrior mentality and say, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to go after God. Connor don't have to beg me to clap. He don't have to beg me to shout. I'm going to sing because God's worthy. And God blessed me. And I love God. And God, you deserve the glory. And you deserve the honor. And God, I'll lift up your name. And I'll look like a fool. And I'll shout. And I'll dance like David did. I'll give you all I got because I got victory over death through the free gift of Jesus Christ. That's something to worship about. And we got to change our mindset. The same night when Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, take, eat, my body broken for you. After they ate, he took the cup. He said, this is my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Father, I pray today that you would bring to remembrance what your broken body and your blood did for us. How it cleansed us, how it saved us, how it gave us peace, how it healed us how it made us new in Christ Jesus. Speak to us. Let us change our minds about worship, God. Let us have a little grit and a little fire and a little vinegar. Let us worship you and just see what victories you won't bring to our life. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Nathan, Tim, David, will y'all come help me? We're going to run two lines today. When we take communion at Bethel, we call this open communion. Which means you don't have to be a member of this church. All you have to do is be a member of the body of Christ. You have to be a born-again believer. You're welcome to come to the table and partake today. We'll run two lines, one over here, one over here. Somebody will give you a piece of bread, and they'll say, the body of Christ broken for you. And just because we're from West Texas and we're taught courtesy, a lot of times I'll hand you a piece of bread and you'll go, thank you. I just want to tell you something today. Don't thank me because all I did was buy hamburger buns. When I say the body of Christ broken for you, if you have an attitude of thankfulness, be like the Israelites and go, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And when you step to the next person with a cup, they'll say the blood of Christ shed for you. You dunk your bread in there. And you know what? It's a good thing for you to say, thank you, Lord, for the blood. And in that moment, I pray there is a shift in our mindset towards worship. So, table has been set. Let's come and let's partake today. Feel free to come. Let's start at the back and we'll move down this way.
y'all feel free to stand while you're waiting. If you've already had communion, feel free to stand and worship. Come on. People come together, strangers, neighbors, our blood is one. Children of generations, of every nation, kingdom So don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up, I don't fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. So take courage, hold on, be strong. Remember where our help comes from. something good in your life. I want to hear you. Right here. Come on. A sweet wine while you have hands. Let the praise go up as the walls come down. My creation, everything we let me be the sound. All is Sweet 
seated for a moment. Hey, just got a couple announcements to go over with you. Hey, first or second time visitors, we are so glad you're here. Bethel, come on, make them feel welcome and let them know how much we love them today. Man, we hope first or second time visitors, you got a visitor's card when you came in. I just seen, y'all look at that shining baby moon hubcap. Hey, look at Jim Liner sitting over there. Come on, Dobro. I just spotted you, man. I'm so glad you're here, dude. Why didn't you bring that Dobro over here? Prophesy on that thing for us. Anyway, you, you can fill out a visitor's card because we send our first and second time visitors, we send you a free gift. And it's been so long since you've been here, we'll send you a free gift, Jim. <laughs> no, these first and second time visitors, we love you. We hope you got a visitor's card when you came in. Um, if you did fill it out, leave it in your chair, drop it off in our welcome center. If you didn't get one, Take out your smartphone, scan that QR code. We just want to connect with you beyond the day. Like I said, send you a gift and kind of love on you a little bit. We're going to have church this Wednesday night, January the 18th. Moving forward, it'll be first and third Wednesdays every month. We believe in fellowship, and so this week it's going to be fellowship night. We're not going to sing. We're not going to, we're not going to worship. We're not going to preach. We're going to hang out together. And so it's going to be a really fun night. There's a local um, taco truck in town and the taco truck is coming and we're going to have free tamales and free tacos for everybody that shows up we're going to play cornhole we're going to play football we're going to play not football we're going to play cornhole volleyball the fire pit's going to be going we're going to have s'mores it's going to be a great night to fellowship around christ and so would encourage you just to come and hang out and make friends but also be a friend to someone else that might be showing up for the first time um Last thing, I'll talk to you about our giving. 
we um, have asked you to partner with us and join us as we have a vision for next year, for this year, of being debt-free and, and doing more for the kingdom of God, planting more churches and reaching more people. We owe $250,000 on that building back there. And we have said to you that if whatever you give, we will match it dollar for dollar. Um, so if you give 100000 Bethel will put 100000 with it and go towards that. We have two weeks left. We're going to go till the end of January. And I just want you to know that today, as of right now, we're a little over $100,000 that you have given to pay towards that building over there. So if you haven't given, if you're praying about giving, now is the time to do so. Because if we can get 25 more thousand, we'll put 125,000 with it. And we are done y'all out of debt burn the mortgage right here on this day celebrate the goodness of god so it's going to be a great thing hey love you guys we're going to give out candy you girls come on we have el buble bubblegum cigars today so send your kiddos on down